Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Nagro again. Our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. As always, thank you to all the followers that we have and supporters uh, that have joined us on this journey uh, in a in a field that um, I, I hopefully convey the passion that I have. Um, and Julie does as well, even though I'm, I'm an extrovert, Julie's an introvert. Um, we love doing this because uh, it, it's what we've committed and dedicated our lives to. And it's so meaningful when uh, I get a chance and people call or text and, and thank us for the podcast and that it's been helpful and changing their lives and people are entering the field. So um, it's an honor and a blessing uh, and, and the, the, the faith and respect that you guys have um, shown us and commented. So, uh, I always like to start off each episode with, with acknowledging that. And it's been really fun here in Massachusetts because I got to see my favorite person besides my wife and family. I got to see Bruce Springsteen, uh, haven't met him yet. I'm still waiting for that opportunity, but awesome, awesome, awesome concerts and, uh, hope to go see him. Probably going to see him when he goes to Connecticut for a a show that's been rescheduled. So, um, if you haven't seen him yet, I would definitely encourage you to go. Uh, it's, it's an amazing, amazing experience. So, uh, topic today, going to go back, uh, cause we went, it, we, again, this is not, uh, the borderline hour every week, but, uh, just from the comments and the questions and the conversations that I've had over this past week and subsequent prior weeks, um, I'm going to revisit uh, Borderline again, again, from the other perspective of being in a relationship with somebody. And this 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 time I'm going to focus on um, about making the decision to leave the relationship. Now, I'm going to probably going to just focus on adult relationships in this episode because, you know, when, when children and, and adolescents are struggling with this form of psychopathology, it's not as easy uh, because we have responsibilities as caretakers and parental figures to can't simply say to a you know 14-year-old, there's the door, goodbye, good luck, you're on your own because uh, you just can't do that. Although I'm sure there are people that have done that. But um, I'm going to kind of take a look at, at different aspects of, you know, I talked about like, like diagnosing the relationship and this is basically kind of the mindset. Uh, and this is stuff I've pulled and, and, and made notes from. I, again, I like the model uh, of the stop walking on eggshells, but I, you know, I, it's, 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 so some of the stuff I pulled from that and some of the stuff is, is my own from working with people um, and from talking with people. And there's a lot of commonalities. Um, so, you know, in terms of deciding to leave, I think any relationship is difficult and, uh, you know, the days of, you know, marrying your high school sweetheart and the only person that you may have been intimate with and um, you spend 40, 50 years together, I think that's something that is part of our past, uh, at least in Western society. Uh, relationships seem to be um, almost uh, transient and, and dismissive and this whole concept of like cancel culture. And I, you know, I learned about this from when I, you know, testing adolescents, uh, that people just cut people out of their lives. 
without the realization that, um, you know, what, what really constitutes a friendship and, and a relationship. So a lot of people stay, you know, if we, if we talk about, you know, being in, in a relationship with somebody with borderline personality disorder, it, it, it is incredibly difficult and draining and can make you question your own sanity, especially if you have tendencies to have a knight in shining armor syndrome. And again, please, for the, just for the sake of conversation, I'm just referring to borderline. Uh, in no way am I impugning the sincerity and the integrity and legitimacy of it. It's just for the sake of conversation, um, just using these terms uh, just to make it, it, it easy. So uh, I think you know, people who value the security of being in a relationship, sometimes more than the relationship itself, they often feel weak and helpless. Uh, powerless. Um, they wait for their partner to leave first. Sometimes they try and create scenarios in order to get their partner to leave. Um, sometimes they feel that there is no way out, that, that I am relegated to this life and as miserable or as unhappy as I might be, that this, I, I'm stuck. I can't, I can't afford to pay for two homes. I can't, uh, you know, financial burdens, you know, financial responsibilities play a huge factor in, in a lot of people, whether it's a borderline relationship or just an unhealthy relationship from people staying. But again, you have to, you know, ask yourself at what, what is the price that you're paying by staying? And what is the, what is the value and the price that you will actually earn if you decide to leave? Um, People who stay often feel afraid, and they're they're very you know they're 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 kind of paralyzed. Um, they're afraid of the future, and they, they just kind of remain stuck. Like, especially if it's a long term relationship, and because of the high emotionality in these relationships with somebody with borderline, that high emotionality can really you know it it it, it, it when things are emotionally charged, memories tend to be encoded at a much deeper level um, where, where people can actually experience and have very, very vivid recalls of different situations, um, have bodily sensations as a result if there's, you know, sometimes if there's, uh, you know, uh, a, the the non-borderline person being possibly abused, whether that's verbally, oftentimes more so the case than physically, but, but both, both can happen. Um, these individuals also feel afraid of the disapproval of others. You know, if you know, you may be, someone may be afraid of, uh, you know, what are my in-laws going to say? Um, you know, how could you do this to my daughter? How could you do this to my son? How could you leave them? Um, friends, you know, people look on the outside and, you know, it's very easy to sit in the peanut gallery and judge. But, you know, as being in the trenches, uh, again, not doing a lot of therapy, but having a lot of experience in treating borderline, uh, these are things that I've heard. And you know, it's really hard for people who are not involved in the, in the day-to-day interactions of the actual relationship it's very easy to sit back and pass judgment. Um, using excuses and, and, and dodging to stay in the relationship, you know, kind of that mindset like, I'm the only one that can make her happy. I'm the only one that could can fix him. No, this is, this is I've said this before in other episodes, this is not your job to fix anybody with or without borderline personality. You know, it's our responsibility, I think, in, in, a, in a relationship to help our partners improve in certain areas, but it's not our job to cure them. It is not our job to fix them. Um, 
And sometimes these individuals, they've decided to get out before, but then because the borderline uses, I used that analogy, the fog, and I, I think I did, you know, the fear, obligation, and guilt. Um, if you leave me, I'm going to commit suicide. If you leave me, I'm going to cut. If you leave me, then, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sleep around. I'm, I'm going to do this to you. There's something, you know, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. I think hell hath no fury like a borderline person scorned. Um, so, you know, there's a, you know, it, it's important to understand that to not make a decision is actually making a decision. So someone is basically deciding not to decide, and that in and of itself is a decision. And some common, you know, I don't want to say excuses, but some common um, reasons for that people have stated and state for refusing or, or not taking the step to actually leave the relationship. A big one is, I have kids. And you know what? A lot of people... Uh, without borderline personality, have kids too. Uh, but it, it doesn't usually stop them from going after what they want. And, you know, in the United States, there is a heavy bias towards, you know, in, in custody in terms of uh, mothers being given more uh, more rights. And, and I've seen it. I've seen it in cases, you know, where, you know, you look back and you know it's like how why this, this this makes no sense and I'm not coming from a perspective of judging one way or the other but I think we have a very um, unequal system in the United States about who who gets to raise children and I I think the perspective is a parent is not the person who gives birth to a child or contributes to the creation of a child a parent is a role uh, look at foster parents look at uh, adoptive parents uh, you know being a parent is is a role. Um, but you know, if, if this is the case and this is a fear, if you're listening and you, and you're, and you're struggling with, um, you know, maybe wanting to get out of a relationship and your partner has borderline personality and all these, all these, these threats, the fear, obligation and guilt kind of come to the surface and kids are involved. Um, I would definitely encourage you to consult with, uh, someone in the legal field, uh, about what steps to take. Uh, does it make it easier when, when, you know, money might not be an option? Absolutely. But that, I think, is a small portion uh, versus, you know, the majority of the population where, you know, there's a realistic thing. And a lot of times someone will, you know, sacrifice their own health, and their own sanity, and their own freedom, and their own free will, and their own um, wants and desires because, you know, it's like a cost-benefit analysis. Um, and, you know... Eventually, it's going to come out in different ways, whether that could be infidelity, that could be uh, anger, that could be a, a wide array of things, or just simply getting to a place of being so beaten down uh, by the individual with borderline pathology that it's just like, you know what, why bother? Um, a, second, a second kind of reason or excuse is, uh, you know, I'm waiting for here, I'm waiting for my partner to get better. Uh all right, so if you and your partner, if you, or if at least if your partner is in therapy and the two of you are both finding new ways to communicate, okay, that makes sense. But if, you're, if your partner, male, female, whatever, is in denial um, and just goes to a therapist, which happens so often that, that people go to a therapist with borderline personality and they don't get diagnosed correctly, and you'll be, not be surprised for me to say – Get a full neuropsych eval because it will give you the answers. And these individuals with borderline, because it's a relational disorder, can easily manipulate and twist situations and 
I so often die, wind up diagnosing borderline, not because I'm looking to, because the, they meet the diagnostic criteria, but they're going to a therapist who just simply validates how bad their their non-borderline partner is, um, which only reinforces their belief system because they have a professional because the degrees on the wall say, oh, they, they don't know what they're talking about. And I tell people all the degrees I have and stuff on my wall, that just makes people think I know what the hell I'm talking about. But this is a common thing that individuals borderline, when they're really not ready for treatment and they're really not ready to make a change, they tend to find therapists that are going to pacify them and, and assuage them and feel sorry for them. And, they, and that is not treatment. That is the antithesis of cognitive behavioral therapy. And pretty, you know, unless you're maybe like Rogerian therapy, I don't even know, I don't even think that is a model, you know, unconditional positive regard, you know, that's, that's about all Carl Rogers had to offer, um, I, I Julie's saying, wow. He, no, Carl Rogers doesn't really have a theoretical orientation, but you know, his, his thing was unconditional positive regard, which you know, I don't think is the best modality in, 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 in treating borderline personality. Um, it just maintains the status quo, and uh. If you know, if if, if that's the, if the, if the individual is borderline and you're in a relationship with them, if they're if they're going to that type of therapist, and I you know I'm grateful to God that I am connected to so many wonderful clinicians uh, that I work with, and I know all of you guys who listen, uh, who are my friends and colleagues, I'm certainly referring to you because these are amazing individuals. Uh, I don't want to give their names just not to invade their privacy, but I hope to have them on because uh, they do wonderful work across a wide spectrum of, of different disorders. Uh, and specialties. But sitting around waiting for your partner to get better, like I said, it makes sense if they're in treatment, if they're, and I, I will do another uh, topic in this. I did one, you know, a while ago about finding, how do you find the right clinician? It's even gets more difficult in finding the right clinician for, for to treating borderline personality. Uh, another common uh, reason, excuse, whatever, is I don't want to be alone. And this is a very, very common fear that's perpetuated in part by our society. Uh, we're kind of like the, the, the it's it's the twosome rule. And you know, as you get, I think as people get older and they're seen as being single, it's like what what's wrong? What, what what's going on? Um, and if this is your fear, ask yourself how much company and friendship are you getting from your partner now? How much support are you? You know, a lot of times if you if you, if you can kind of step back. And realize that, yeah, you may be engaged, you may be living together, cohabitating, married, whatever. Uh, oftentimes, what people will invariably say is, I'm pretty much alone. Except on those good days, which are oftentimes very few and far between. Is that really the quality of life that you want to live? Especially if the person is not actively getting help. Important question to ask yourself. Uh, take stock of your friends and family and, 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 and surround yourself if you decide to leave this relationship, surround yourself with family and friends who are going to be in support of this. Because as I said before, there are going to be people who are not going to be in favor of this, uh, who are thinking that you are abandoning individuals, who the, the individual who are thinking that you're you're selfish or you you only care about yourself or you're worried about your own possessions or, or money. But again, no one is in our individual relationships. You know, it, it's it's looking from the outside, but you know these inner workings, and I'm talking from clinical experience. Experience, that the inner workings are very, very different than what is actually, you know, perceived by, you know, the outsiders kind of making their own, um, your, their own commentary. Um, you know, write down like or, or kind of think about like, what are you going to gain from being alone? 
okay, no more rages, <laughs> uh, no more criticism, uh, no more blaming, uh, constantly living your life trying to please somebody when, again, I referenced this song by Bruce Springsteen, Ghost of Tom Jude album, my best is never good enough. Um, and that is, that, that, that is, I think, um, you know, so, but for you, my best was never good enough. Like no matter what you do, it will never be good enough because the, 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 the pains of the individual's borderline are so deep rooted in, in early needs and in crucial developmental time frames. So again, I, I also want to bring back that these are not bad individuals, but without treatment, these wounds are deep and these wounds have been there prior to you ever getting in relationship with this individual. Kids aside, I'm talking about like, you know, adult relationships, those wounds have been there way before and I don't know many people, I'm sure there are because I like the whole concept of outliers um, that walk around and say, hey, I have borderline personality. Will you date me? Will you marry me? Uh, I think most people would run the other way. Um, that's, and again, that's why I'm trying to like, you know, de demystify this, this, this disorder, because, you know, if, if you're actively uncomfortable enough and, and, and want to change, this disorder can be eradicated and cured and treated. But if, if, if you're in that mindset of, um, there's nothing wrong with me and have a high externalized locus of control where it's the world, it's everybody else's fault, mom and dad did this to me. It's very important to understand that these individuals are in pain and in psychological survival and they use projection and onto their partners, onto the individuals they're in relationship with, which I think a lot of us do. You know, we take our hurts and we take our successes, um, we take our pains and we take our joy, you know, and, and that becomes part of the fabric of our relationship, uh, whether it's with someone with borderline or, or, or not. So that that's just, I think that that's being, just being in a relationship. But, but please understand that the wounds are have been there for a long time and that anger and frustration because you know they want to go back in time and figure out you know why did mom and dad not do this to me or, or why do why did they why, why did they do this to me or why did this happen and uh, it's not your job to do that but i think you know if if your partner is actively engaged in, in wanting to get better that's the best case scenario uh another common one that you know, this is a, this is, I've, I've heard this, um, you know, it's like, I wouldn't leave if, if he or she had cancer. So why would I leave if they had borderline? Okay. Totally in inaccurate. This analogy does not make sense. So if your partner had, had cancer, uh, they would be getting treatment. They would be going to an oncologist. They would be going to radiation. They would be going to, depending on, on, on uh, chemotherapy, depending on maybe cultural, they may be going to a priest, a shaman, if they believe that that's, that, that, that's the road to recovery. Um, uh, many high-functioning borderlines, they don't have cancer, and cancer is not contagious, just like borderline is not necessarily contagious. Uh, the disorder isn't, but the thinking and the behaviors of borderline can become contagious. Uh Someone with cancer doesn't manage their feelings uh, by continually taking them on on others. Um, they could be upset and maybe be like, God, why did, why did this happen? But they don't take their feelings out on other people because they had a diagnosis of cancer. Uh, whereas someone with borderline personality very likely will. Um, you know, partners usually work together if, you know, you know, God forbid one of them is diagnosed with cancer to, and, and they support one another. Uh, and, and most non 
most individuals without borderline personality disorder uh, have all the blame laid on them. It's like it's like blaming your partner for getting cancer. That 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 is completely illogical. Um, but you know, if if your partner is is making uh, is making progress, um, that's the best case scenario. Um, and another reason or excuse is no one else will want me. Um, and if this if this is the mindset that you have, this is a, this is a sure sign that you need to leave this relationship. Um, you know that, that that really getting into therapy that your self esteem must be at a point where it is completely uh, decimated, and that if you think your self worth is is to be an emotional punching bag for somebody who is emotionally and and cognitively dysregulated, uh, you need to get into therapy and have somebody be objective and kind of say, hey, look, can you step back and say like these are the what, what, what are you missing here? And kind of almost like, you know, lay it out for you in, in sometimes in, in, in black and white. Um, you can try um, marital or couples therapy. And, you know, again, we'll talk more in a different episode because the success really me is really about the skill of the clinician. And I've said this multiple times. And I will continue that borderline personality treatment is you have to understand it and know how to treat it from understanding attachment theory and learning theory, developmental psychology, behavioral psychology, uh, diagnosis. And again, the neuropsychival is crucial because, you know, I, I've used the analogy, uh, you know, of, of in, 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 in how these, in, you know, the authors of the Stop Walking on Eggshells book kind of compartmentalize into the witch and the queen um, the wave and the hermit, uh, those are non-clinical terms, but we have assessments, we have tools, and I use them every day uh, to, to diagnose for whatever it is I'm looking for, and these these tests give answers. And they not only give answers, but they give, they break it down how the symptoms manifest idiosyncratic and specific to an individual. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's very easy to get sucked back in because um, it, it, because you know, you know, to leave somebody who you know is in a state of emotional distress, you know, who's in a state of pain, who may have had you know inpatient hospitalizations, who may have had suicidal thoughts or, or is having suicidal thoughts, who may be engaging in self injurious behaviors, who may have a, a existing eating disorder or history of eating disorder, and to walk out that door, I think we all have a humanness about us. And it's, you know, I could, I could talk about this in, on a podcast and give you just kind of like data and information, but, but I completely respect and understand the hesitancy and, and the, 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 the excuses that people make, because in my experience, most people, the vast majority of people are not out to hurt other individuals, but hurting people often hurt other people. And I think that's a pretty fair uh, generalization to make in, in terms of, of, of working with borderline personality disorder, <coughs> that, you know, individuals who hurt, hurt other people, not because the, you know, sometimes it is, is deliberate. And sometimes it is intentional, but if, if you are the only person that's in the in the line of fire, you're going to get that wrath bestowed upon you. And without treatment, it's not going to get any better. And I and I don't tell people what they want to hear. I tell people what I think they need to hear. And sometimes that truth can be uh, a bit harsh and a bit uh, you know 
Stark, and you know my style is uh, much different than Julie's. Um, but we had different training and different kind of. And you know, I have much more cognitive behavioral and rationally motive, but I certainly have empathy and, and care. But it's 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 you know I wanted to do this episode because I, I had a, f- a few conversations with people who I could sense in their voice that that, that, that you know the the desire to want that relationship to work out uh, whether it was marriages whether it it was just. Um, Friendships, whether it was just a, 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 a several month dating relationship, that it, it, you know, it's easy to talk and say, well, you know, just leave. Yes, that, that may be the end result, but you know, if you, I find that most people are good people and are not out to hurt other people. But I think it's also important that you, if you're, if you're, this relates to you, that that you have a sense of self worth, that you have a right to your own happiness. And you have a right, and if you want to, if you want to stay, that's your choice. You can all, we all have. That's that's the beauty of the human experience. Is we, you're never without a choice. It's just sometimes the choices that we have available to us might not be the ones that we want, and might be very difficult to make. But you know, you have to look at what what are the possibilities of the other side. You know, what would that, what if I made that decision? What would that look like? And I, I would strongly encourage you that if, if, if this is something that resonates, please get into therapy to kind of help somebody be, that is neutral sort this out. Um, and again, to really get the full picture of what you're you're dealing with, you really need to get that individual into therapy. And, and you know, testing is, is so awesome because it's data. It's, it's, it's objective data. That is really hard to argue. You know, people can speculate all they want. Um, you know, just doing this as long as I have, and and and, and just doing diagnostics. I, you know, I can pretty much pick the. You know, get I, you know formally as I'm going through my structured diagnostic clinical interview. You know, kind of building the model in my head of what I think is going on, and the testing oftentimes just just confirms that. But uh, you know, I think the the excuses that and the reason that people generally stay are are valid. You know, it, it's hard to argue. But I think you know, if if you're in emotional pain and you're becoming depressed, you're de- becoming anxious, you're developing you know somatic symptoms like you know gastrointestinal disorders, or you know, if you're pulling up to the house every night and you're like, oh my god, their car is here. Ugh. That should be a wake-up call and a warning sign. And like I said, surrounding yourself with people who are going to support a decision if you decide to leave this relationship. And, you know, sometimes um, it, it, this, these are not easy relationships to leave. They, they are not. And I, and, 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 I, and I see the pain and the angst and people, and I've seen people kind of get sucked back in um, because it's again being a relational disorder. When it's good, it's great. When it's it's bad, it 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 it's, it's awful. And you wait. It's like that. If you listen to the other episodes I've done, it's really kind of that uh, proverbial you know slot machine. It eventually pays out. It's just how much are you willing to lose until you hear the ding ding ding. Um. All right. So until next time. Um, Feel free to reach out to me at psychologyunpluggedoutlook.com. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at psychology underscore unplugged underscore. Uh, but please don't DM me because I rarely, if ever, check the direct messaging. Uh, Julie just showed me today where they were, so I don't check them. That's why I'm giving you other modalities to reach out to me. If you want to like stuff, you know, the Springsteen stuff, that's what I usually post or, you know, inspirational quotes from different 
philosophers and, and psychologists. Um, you can contact me directly, uh, 617-750-9411, East Coast Standard Time in the United States. Um, we have a lot of other topics that we're going to cover. Um, this one just seems to be the most popular and one that I think most people are struggling with. And like I've said, I think the prevalence rates of this um, disorder are much, much higher and are only going to continue to rise Uh you know, I mentioned in one of the episodes, you know, I think the change in, you know, just economic times really does kind of shift is a paradigm shift in terms of how we view things and just the infrastructure of the economy and families. Um, that's my own personal and professional perspective on, I think, the increase in and prevalence uh, and incident rates of, of borderline personality. But as always, remain hopeful with work. Uh, this is a disorder. If you are ready and you're willing and you are not uncomfortable, this is something that you can overcome and can eradicate and live a healthy, happy, and productive life. Trust me, if you do the work, you're going to get the results. All right, until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, be well. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.